The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And you can follow Wrestle Podcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net. And you can listen to my episodes, Wrestle Podcast, on Spreaker.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. And you can follow me at Twitter at WPopcast1 and on Facebook at Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Joseph Schwartz. How's it going, Joseph? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. So what have you been up to? Just keeping busy. Just uh, any successful wrestler or anybody trying to be successful in wrestling, I will give you the same answer. It's just busy, busy, busy between uh, bookings, merchandising, uh, keeping connections, training. Everything it involves hitting the tanner, you know, <laughs> keeping positive. Everything it takes to be a wrestler, you know. Hey, all that great stuff. Yeah, all that great stuff. Um, I remember talking to you um, um, when you wrestled over at CWAI, which is there's no more CWAI, too. That's when the first time I met you. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, was that last year or was that a year, two years ago? It, it was like two years ago. A year and a half. I, I think it was a year and a half when um, I first met you over at CWAI. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cody Ox got, got a real good thing that he's starting back up, so he'll be... He'll be back in business here real soon. Yeah, he is. Um, they're starting a sh- uh, promotion over in Hamilton called Future Great Wrestling, which is December 28th, and that's on my birthday. Oh, awesome. Uh, the 28th? Yep, of December. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's his first show. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, see Bomb Shelter there in the near future. So not on the 28th, but we've definitely been in talks with Cody. Uh, you will definitely see Bomb Shelter. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you again. <laughs> definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing everybody out there too. Oh, exactly. And also, I saw you over at um, Heroes and Legends as well. You were in a match there too. Definitely, uh, Powers of Pain, uh, Barbarian and Warlord. I know that was an interesting match. I was watching that ringside. <laughs> it was a very, very, very interesting match. I know you're pretty brave to get in with those guys. Uh, you know they—they they are far from the last and first strong, uh, superhuman-esque men I would have to get in there with that can do all those crazy things you see guys like Cesaro and Keith Lee and all them do. So, uh, you know, I think I got over that fear a while ago. But yeah, they were huge. So still, what, still massive, still tough as nails. <laughs> so what was it like to get get in there? Were you like a little nervous? Um, so like there's always that little bit of, of nervousness uh, in wrestling to begin with because if you're not like a little nervous, if you don't have a little adrenaline going real good, uh, you know, they, they say you should just quit because you're not having fun, you're not enjoying it. Um, so there's always that. And then there's the fact that... Um, they're legends. They're absolute legends. They, they, you know, they're not fragile. Obviously, <laughs> if you look at them, they look they're, they're huge. But uh, I was more nervous to work uh, work with them because you know I, I've always wanted to work with a, with one of the authentic Samoans. So uh, getting to work with Barbarian specifically, you know, and that's not a shot on Warlord. He was an absolute pleasure. 
Um, and I'm sorry, I know, I know I should probably be saying, oh, you know, we hate each other. No, you know, we, we're, we're on a podcast here. They were an absolute pleasure. Any bookers, any promoters listening out there, I'm going to tell you right now, book, book the powers of pain. They are a top-notch team, and they still can go. Um, but to work with a, an authentic Samoan from that from that old school era was really really awesome for me. And I know I speak for Zodiac. He was he was really big on that too. Uh, we're real big fans of the Samoan culture in wrestling. Hey, that's pretty good as well. Um, also, let's talk about Randy West, who's your wife, and she's also a well-known wrestler as well. Um, what's it like to work with your wife in the ring, and what, what's your guys' chemistry? Uh, so she's the best tag team partner I've ever had, and, and I'm not just saying that because she's my wife, and that keeps me out of trouble because that's the easy joke to go to, but she is legitimately, you know, I've, I've had many tag partners over the years, and I've been very successful in tag team wrestling. I'm one of the more successful tag team wrestlers uh, on the scene. So, you know, I started out a long, long time ago as the Hebrew Hammer doing the Kosher Club. I had a great partner in Sean Tyler's team for about four or five years. We had a hell of a run. Um, I, you know, tagging with Zodiac, uh, very enjoyable. We're very good as a team. We're we're on the same page, but there's nothing that compares to tagging with Randy because we are just one person. We are absolutely, definitely one person. Uh, I know where she's going. She knows where I'm going. The unspoken language in the ring is is second to none. Yeah. So she is the best tag team partner. And on top of it. Halfway through a match, people tend to forget she's a woman in a man's division. So that also helps. Yeah, how'd you guys come up with the tag team Time Bandits? So, um, you know, it, you can't cheat time. Time is time is what it is. It's it's a measurement that's created, and when your time is up, your time is up. And the theory is is that we rob time we are there to protect and fix and change and uh keep events from happening or prevent them from happening or keep them happening the way they're supposed to so uh you know in the eyes of the noble and in the eyes of the moral we are robbing time so we are the time bandit that's pretty good as well um so what are some of your favorite matches as the time bandits uh, I would have to say, oh man, that's real hard. I've had a lot of good matches uh, as the Time Bandits. I would have to say one of my favorites was against the Top Guys. Uh, I had a match against the Top Guys in Jeffersonville, and you know, you know what? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the Murphy Boys. The Murphy Boys gave us one of our best matches as the Time Bandits, um, based out of Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, you can usually find them traveling with like Teddy King and stuff. A very good team, two two brothers. Um, very good, very good team. Oh yeah, I've seen some of their matches. They're they're pretty good in the ring, man. Um... If you're not, like, like again, back to that Booker's comment, if you're not booking the Murphy boys or at least giving them a shot at your tag division, you're not doing yourself a service. No, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I would like to see them uh, go to more promotions as well. I mean, they're just good. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a promotion in Jeffersonville 
that just folded actually, and they had uh, they had uh, they had passed on the Murphy Boys, and we had always said that 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 was the dumbest thing they ever did uh, because they were they're, they're they're a heck of a talent, and then they, they they were snubbed and they were treated and they they were treated wrong, and those boys just kept their noses clean and persevered, and now they are everywhere working for everyone else in that area, and they are highly successful. And they are just turning heads and shutting down the naysayers. And it's pretty good too. Maybe you should talk to Cody Hawk and maybe getting them over at Future Great Wrestling. Definitely, definitely. I, I I'm all for putting over the boys. I think I think that's the best thing about wrestling in 2018 is that we're all here to help each other get booked. If if you're genuinely good at your job, it's a good time to be in wrestling. Yes, it is. Um, indie wrestling is more bigger than it ever was before, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's bigger. I think, like, I'd imagine, like, uh, I think it's like if the territories had internet back in the day. Uh-huh. We, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what it would have been like. I think we're just, we've got our territories back, and now we have the luxury of all the technology, internet, you know, photos, GIFs, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Anything else that I can say that sounds smart? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's true as well. And that's the same thing for me in my podcast. Imagine, imagine what would happen if you were watching Dick Murdoch back in the day and you were able to tweet, I just saw Dick Murdoch do this badass AF you know, elbow drop. <laughs> I know that'd been wild. And if you put if you put it on Twitter, you know how many times you would get a retweet. <laughs> we should we should start an account as if you were an old wrestling fan tweeting current re- current old wrestling. <laughs> that would be wild. I'm surprised someone hasn't done that yet. <laughs> it has. We just haven't stumbled on it yet. <laughs> hey, if hey, if you find it, if I'll find it, this promise to let each other know, and then we can follow and see what this uh, old timer does. <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal, man. And uh, speaking of Randy, too, you guys help her uh, have her dream come true. Uh, you guys went to Walt Disney World. What was that like? That was incredible. Um, so growing up, I've always been able to go. I went to Disney twice growing up. Um, I had some means, if you will. Not, not a ton of them, but I had some means when I was growing up, and my family was able to take me to Disneyland. And, and Randy growing up, if a lot of you that, that read the post and – Red, I'll sum it up for you. She did not have means growing up, and she had to work very hard to get the things that she wanted more than others. And, you know, that's kind of like the story of Randy West. So um, here we are wrestlers. We chose a lifestyle that isn't exactly financially lucrative uh, unless you make it lucrative or unless you know how to work with it. And um, we went down to Florida for the sole purpose of doing a benefit show for our friend Rex, who uh, who is diagnosed with cancer. And uh, he's not doing very well, unfortunately, but uh, the support is overwhelming. So we went down there for that event, and in return, I guess karmatically, a friend of ours that was on that show, just in a gesture of goodwill and hearing that we wanted to go to Disney, I had purchased uh, myself and Randy some tickets. And uh, I'm not going to give his name out on this podcast because we're doing some things with him uh, with the WWN Network. So they're a little bit more of a kayfabe company, but I will say that there is a man that works for WWN that we've been able to work with closely 
And between him and Rex, uh, they did not sleep until we were able to uh, get to Disney. So I was able to take my wife, a lifelong Disney fan who has a Mickey Mouse tattoo, um, to Disney World, and I've never seen someone so happy. I bet it was. I bet she was just like a little girl again, just enjoying it. Absolutely. Like, you you guys never see Randy West uh, melt, if you will, and become, you know, because she's always a tough broad. But uh, she, she definitely wasn't a tough broad at that point. <laughs> hey, I would have loved. Child. It was awesome. Yeah, I would have loved to saw Randy melt, and that would have been priceless. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'd be like, no, that's not Randy West. <laughs> oh, that's Randy East. You're thinking of a different one. Okay, Randy East. Sorry. <laughs> more emotional, Randy. Yes, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it like that as well. All right. Um, tell us um, about people who are not familiar with you in the bomb shelter. Uh, tell us all about the bomb shelter. The bomb shelter was originally created at IWA Mid-South years ago. Uh, we were given this outline of, we were a bunch of, I love telling the story and I don't mean to snub anybody. When I, I think when I first told the story, I was, I was telling it with spite, anger, and yeah. what have you. But then now it's just a good, it's a good part of the story. We were the enhancement talent at IWA for a while, myself and Zodiac and uh, even Thunder Kitty believe it or not. Really? Thunder Kitty? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to say it like that, but yeah, yeah. We were we were enhancement talent at the time, and we were shoved into a group, and we were given a gimmick where we uh, went underground, and we, we thought the earth was salted from Ian Rotten, so we created the bomb shelter, and we were going to save the world from the Ian Rotten vision. Uh, if you think this uh, this is a vain storyline, uh, it probably is. But that was the storyline we were given, and we just looked at each other about, I think it was our third weekly book, because every week, they run every Thursday. We looked at each other and said, no more. Just, uh, we deserve better, we deserve more. And uh, we just had some ideas, so we just started kind of uh, testing some theories if you will, uh-huh. uh, in front of the live crowd, we started putting on matches that you had to apologize later for. Um, you know, we had nothing to lose. It's kind of similar to uh, the New Day story, if you know that, where there were three guys that yeah. were given a gimmick and they just decided to have fun until they were fired and it turns out it worked. So that was where the gimmick originally started and then we just became a bunch of super villains. And that was working for a while until Marty Skrull uh, was making a very tremendous amount of money being the villain on Ring of Honor, and there was no competing with that. Um, We had a similar look, but he had beat me to it, and fair is fair. Uh, I'm a man who cuts my losses and has to be original. And uh, when I went to reinvent myself, I had uh, torn my ACL and MCL, and I was out for about 15 weeks. And during those 15 weeks I had a reinvention period and I remember that I said I always wanted to be a wrestler I always wanted to be a Power Ranger or I always wanted to be Doctor Who and I said I always wanted to be Doctor Who and I just kept saying that over and over again I said well why can't I be it's 2017 at the time 
and it's wrestling's where it is now, let's throw this against the wall and just have some fun. And next thing you know, the bomb shelter, the time bandits, we are our promos that you see online, like we we had this whole time traveling uh experience that we bring everybody on with us and it was born. It was born out of fun. Yeah, I love your videos. Your videos are great. I mean, I'm always looking forward to seeing some new footage of you guys as well. And speaking of Zodiac, um, what's it like to work with Zodiac in a ring? What's your guys' chemistry? Oh, it's great. Um, so where Randy and I have a more combo-based tag team, uh-huh. uh, you're going to see Zodiac and I have a more... Uh, what's the word? I guess it would be stacked-based offense, kind of similar yeah. to the New Age Outlaws. I'm going to blow your mind real quick. Uh, most people don't know this. If you were to think back to how many double-team moves the New Age Outlaws have, how many How many off the top of your head can you name? <laughs> not many. Well, not one. Yep. Because they never had one. They always stacked their moves. Which I love I love blowing people's mind real quick because they're such a successful tag team. But uh, that's kind of how Zodiac and I are. We're, we just we we we've got a different style to what we do. And then when we're a trio, we we function very well as a trio. Oh, I know. I've dare seen. Say, I would dare say that uh, we are one of the best trios in the United States. And I would put that up against anybody. I don't. I know that sounds a little arrogant and egotistical, and I don't mean it to sound that way. But I genuinely believe we're one of the best. I think you guys are. I really got. I really enjoy uh, seeing you guys in the ring. I mean, I've never seen like you or Randy in the ring yet live, or you and Zodiac. I've always always seen you in singles competition, but sooner or later, I would love to see you guys live in the ring. Definitely, definitely. And speaking of the bomb shelter as well, you guys also did a comic book as well. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That's just the first one too. Um. We had a comic book that we had created. Our artist is based out of Argentina, actually. Really? His girlfriend, yeah, his girlfriend, uh, I believe it's his fiance right now, Jesus, Jesus Soraya is his name, uh, translated the whole script that I had sent, which, by the way, if you've never written a comic book before, woo, let me tell you what a task that is. That is something else. That is just as hard as going to the gym and starting a whole new ab routine. It's it's rough. Uh, but we wrote a comic book and we sent it over and we had it published and, and we had it bound ourselves and, you know, collated and put together and we packaged them up and we sold them. We sold them. We even packaged them with our energy drink that we had for a while. You guys had an energy drink, really? Do tell. Well, we still do. It's just sold out right now. It's very popular. Uh, we've gotten it in two waves, and they sell out within probably about two to three weeks. No kidding. Um, wow. Yeah, Future Fuel Energy Drink. The Bomb Shelter Energy Drink. Wow, I never knew about that. Now you just blew my mind on that. You're on, you guys did a comic, and now an energy drink. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you go to our, if you go to my page, you can see there's some pictures. I'll, I'll shoot you over one later. Oh, a reference, but uh, yeah, yeah, we got an energy drink. That's pretty wild. Uh, we, we got a, we got a mini fridge at shows too. So when they people, the reason they sold so quick too is uh, when you're the, when you're the guy with cold caffeine, 
<laughs> in the show, you're the man. So we would sell them cold. We, we had a future fuel fridge lit up. That is wild. Uh, did you guys have that? Did you have that over at Heroes and Legends? No, we were sold out by the time we got to Heroes and Legends. Uh, we were down to like three comic books by the time we got to Heroes and Legends. Uh, fortunately, we're, our merchandise game uh, is, is on point, which is also, unfortunately, we're usually sold out of two or three of our items <laughs> at all times. So we're, we're constantly reordering stuff. Oh, that's pretty good yeah. as well. Um, I was also uh, fa- um, looking at some of your tweets, and um, you talked to uh, ECW Jazz about an intergender match. Tell us about that. Well, she was looking, she was seeking out intergender opponents on her own. Um, someone had brought to my attention that that's what she was doing and showed me her tweet. And of course, I like to play online like any other person in 2018 so I treated her back and let her know that uh, if you're looking for a competition and I mean real actual knife sharpening competition we are respectfully waiting in the gallows and she responded and I had mentioned that uh, Dio Brown can absolutely vouch for my, for my, my wife we had done an event in Bloomington, Indiana, and he had walked right up to her and said, literally, you are so tough. I haven't seen anybody as tough as you since jazz. So it would, it would definitely make for an interesting match. So is that going to happen? We're interested. We're interested. And we're both two very professional teams that will show up when we're booked. That would be awesome. I hope that really does happen. Uh, you and me both. I would pay to see that. That's the, that's the idea. That's why we'd like to get a book. I think we got a lot of people that might want to come see that. I think I think it's a real gem of a match. I like. Uh, I think it'd be nice that me and Rodney Mack can watch the girls wrestle as we stand on the ringside as dutiful husbands. Hey, if you, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, then you guys will get in, into a fight afterwards too. <laughs> oh, no, we'll probably we'll probably turn on them and start our own tag team. We'll call ourselves the Afterthoughts. And hey, and old D'Lo Brown, you can have him ref. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sick of those two taking all of our spotlight, and we'll just start our own thing. And then D'Lo will be like, "Okay, what's going on, and why am I doing this?" <laughs> Yep, and that beautiful European championship belt he had with him, too. <laughs> Gracious. Him and Val Venus carried that show for a year, year and a half. Yes, they did. And like I said, I met him like at uh, you know Heroes and Legends and stuff. He's a very nice guy, very knowledgeable, and he knows his uh, wrestling. I mean, he just knows <laughs> it. <laughs> I sat down right next to D-Lo, which is where I put my stuff, and the first thing I said, I said, hey, D-Lo, how's it going? He goes, hey, where's Randy? What? (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. He asked Randy over you. (laughs) Hey, where's Randy? Oh, 
obviously disappointing you because it's just me. <laughs> I bet you guys got a good laugh out of that, though, too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's very surreal to, um, to interact and have just normal conversation with people that we've all grown up watching. It's, it's very surreal. I mean, I can only imagine some of the other guys. Uh, that same night, I was listening to Mark Henry tell Scotty Young what a badass he was and how good his match was. So, I mean, a lot of guys that night, we got the pleasure of having our heroes and these guys we watched on TV validate us, which if, you're, if you've gotten to pro wrestling, you have a validation issue. <laughs> if you were a pro wrestler, you need to be validated every so often. It's just the way we're built. I so, think so. It was nice to hear my friends get validated all night by all these people that they had watched. Oh, definitely. Now, um, we're going to talk about a friend of mine. He's a uh, wrestling historian, John Cosper, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how'd you get involved with John Cosper? And also tell us about your upcoming book. What? Book? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, John Cosper is a hell of a writer. And on top of it, he's a hell of a wrestling fan. So his books, his wrestling themed books, are very good. Um, I've seen his projects where he writes a little bit of fiction, but mostly it's fact based stuff. But you could tell he wants to dabble in the fiction part of it. Uh-huh. So I had approached him. And I said, listen, man, you're, you're doing all these other books and you're doing the, the Isaiah book and you're doing the, the Madman Pondo. And I said, well, I have this idea. And I said, do you, do you remember Goosebumps? Yes, like, I do. And he said, no, I'm older than you. I said, crap. But he knows what Goosebumps is. So yeah. I dated myself. Uh, and then we were talking about Goosebumps and the Hardy Boys, uh, the book Hardy Boys, not the wrestlers. Uh, Nancy Drew. Um, choose your own adventure those style of young adult novels and I said look when I got this idea for a young adult novel something that's like real Shrek and when I say Shrek I mean it's for all ages like something that an adult could pick up yeah. and just enjoy for a night or a young kid can pick up and it takes them a week to read but either way everyone's enjoying it and um, John was he was so good oh and we contacted a bunch of people to uh, be involved, a lot of big wrestling uh, names, indie names. And after a while, indie names started contacting us. In fact, Rich Swan asked to be part of the book. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Sue Young asked to be part of the book, which she will be part of our second book uh, that we are going to be working on. We are already working on a second one because we plan on doing a series. So we're doing Bomb Shelter, a young adult book series coming out. It's about 17 chapters, about 170 average pages. And it's got a lot of cool stuff in there. And it's an adventure through time. That is cool. I'll definitely pick that up, too. I mean, I remember the Choose Your Adventures back in the day. I used to read those books as well. And then um, when I found out you were doing a book, um, I was with uh, John Cosper and uh, Hurricane J.J. McGuire um, over outside of Richmond, Kentucky. They were doing a uh, a comic convention, and I came down to see J.J. McGuire, and then John was there. 
And, you know, we were talking and uh, John's like, you know something, Rob? You know who should, you should have you on your show? And I was like, who's that? He goes, you should get Joseph Schwartz on. And I was like, oh, I know who Joseph is. I've talked to him before. A cool dude. He's like, get him on there and um, uh, ask him about his upcoming book that we're doing together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um, we, we try to have unique merchandise. Uh-huh. advertising and marketing so I really love that I can apply that to uh, what I do I also obviously have one in special effects and video editing but uh, I love applying the marketing spot um, in wrestling I love that I can get these unique items that you know you go to a merchandise table and it's 8 by 10 t-shirt wristband and that's it Yep, and everyone's maybe maybe a button, the buttons, and, and I'm not knocking anybody. You got to start somewhere. I tell, yeah, that's actually what I where I tell most of the young kids to start when they don't have a big name for themselves because when no one knows you, that's probably all you're going to sell at first. You don't have a character that everyone really knows. You don't have you know, no one's really sunk their teeth into you yet. So specialty merchandise isn't there. But you see guys five years in the business running the same gimmick without merchandise I, I speak every day I wish I would have marketed the Hebrew Hammer a little bit better but uh, marketing and merchandising we, we try to have the most unique merchandise on the block and fortunately we have a lot of friends uh, a lot you know other tag teams on the scene like the Carnies the Ducklings uh, I mean look at the Gymnasties you know, they have great merchandise and we all keep our games elevated and our merchandise tables uh, fresh. Well, you got to, I mean, if you want to make that money as well. I mean, the Ugly Ducklings, uh, they always have some fresh merchandise as well as the Gymnasty Boys. I totally agree with you. You guys have to have it fresh. I mean, I mean, you guys are like really well known and big in it, around the whole indie uh, circuit. You got to. Right. No, definitely, and then people like our merchandise. People, we have a lot of sci-fi wrestling fans, specifically. Bomb Shelter has sci-fi fans, and sci-fi fans love swag. It's, it's. I've, I've come to learn that that is a thing. Sci-fi fans love stuff. Gotta have, gotta have a stuff or a thing. Oh, I totally agree with you as well. Um, so tell us what you enjoy outside the ring. You got a little uh, geekiness to you too as well. What are some of your geek interests? You have any, like any favorite shows, uh, favorite comic? Oh yeah, I'm a huge, so I'm a huge uh, movie, TV, comic book, uh, overall sci-fi nut. Huge Twilight Zone uh, fan. Love the Twilight Zone. Biggest, I mean, obviously biggest Doctor Who fan you're gonna find. Um, uh, I, I love sci-fi. I love anything that's outside of normal. Anything that challenges reality. And that's pretty good as well. Uh, so, so what do you think of the new Doctor Who? And also, what do you think about how you're not going to see any more new episodes until 2020? Oh, I know. I just read that the other day. Um, I think that sucks. But that's always been Doctor Who. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you've learned to wait. You've just learned to wait. <laughs> I mean, there's a point where we had to wait for, you know, uh, 
Peter McGann to, to even make a movie, and it was American. And then years, years later, you had to wait 15 more years for Christopher Eccleston to start his own series as Doctor Who. So Doctor Who fans have been waiting for a long time. I do think it's very cool that the Doctor is a woman this season because they have been hinting at it for quite some time and they have been trying to explain to people that there is no such thing really as gender in uh, in Doctor Who. It's just kind of like everyone's a being, not a human being, but they're a being and they're all equal and love is love and this is this. And I think it's a very cool way to finally just drive that point home. I totally agree with you as well, too, because we had a, uh, there was a lot of haters on that, but hey, I was supporting it as well. So of the, uh, the Doctor Who universe, who's your favorite Doctor Who of all time and your favorite villain? So like Peter McGann is my favorite Doctor, and, and I, he's, he's probably my favorite because he never got a run. Uh, he got that movie. He just got one movie. And I thought he did such a really good job, and I just, it left me wanting more. And then they gave you a little bit of a short before the 50th anniversary uh, of him turning into Eccleston. Or him turning into the War Doctor, I'm sorry. And and I, I really enjoyed that. And when I watched that, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I still want more. So uh, I find myself reading and downloading the comic books about his Doctor just because I'm so interested Um I don't feel like I'm full yet. I didn't eat enough when it comes to that doctor. But uh, after that, I would say Matt Smith. Okay, you're Matt Smith. I love David Tennant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love David Tennant too. But um, there was, he was, when you got the, 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 the whimsical from Matt Smith, you were like, well, hold on now. This is a little bit more Doctor Who. You know, David Tennant did an amazing job. He was an awesome doctor, but he was just a little bit more serious. Not much more, but it was enough more to tell a difference. I think so, too. And the one thing I liked about the Matt Smith from was, too, was uh, Karen Gillan, uh, Amelia Pond. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, she did a fantastic job. That was probably one of the best uh, supporting characters. And then they tried to duplicate it with Clara Oswald, and they got close, but... I mean, you can't duplicate Amelia Pond. She was a real storied companion. Yeah, I totally agree as well. I thought she was better than uh, Billy Piper's character. Well, Billy Piper, she got that role because she was a pop star. Yep. So that really was all that was. I don't think they really planned on Doctor Who lasting that long. They just were giving you a nostalgia reboot, and it turned out to work. Oh, it sure did. I mean, I wish Eccleston did a little bit more because I kind of liked his doctor, too. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. They didn't explore that enough, but it wasn't enough as, like, McGann where I wanted more. I, Eccleston, I, I want more, but I'm not hurting for more. Yeah, uh, especially McGann. Um, do you try to uh, use a little bit of McGann in your character? I do. I do. Uh, McGann and Smith are by both the influences on my character right especially current uh, I have just changed my in-ring attire to something a little bit more um, bow tie and vest that's pretty good as well and you also have a little steampunk a little bit too always always I think it's one of the most fantastic styles 
You know, steampunk is an invented style. It's not a real thing. It's um, it's a combination of, uh, I can't off the top of my head think, usually, you know, it's that uh, Victorian meets um, metals and, like, rustic metals. And it's just such a unique, such a unique style. I love steam-powered things. It's really cool. Oh, I think so too. And uh, speaking of steam powered things, I don't know if you remember the steam powered uh, TV series they had on um, Sci Fi Channel. It was called uh, The Ventures of Jules Verne. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I briefly, briefly. Yes. That was a wild show. Too bad it didn't last long, man. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of those out there. Exactly. And then speaking of comic wise, uh DC or Marvel? Um DC TV shows, Marvel movies overall. Overall, I'm a God, it's so hard. <laughs> I'm I it's so <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I'm a Marvel guy. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that is at all. I'm a huge DC guy, and um, you know I, I there are Marvel characters that I like as a whole. What's that? But the DC characters I like, I really like. Like I'm a huge Flash mark, huge Flash mark. So speaking of Flash, you watched the TV series, and what do you think of? Yeah, uh, I watched the TV series. I watched the old TV series. I I watched the cartoons that they put. Oh yeah, I love Flash. Um, so um, have you uh, checked out the first episode of Elseworlds? Elseworld, Elseworld. No, uh, I don't think I have. Well, on Elseworlds, uh, they're doing a three-part on the CW. Uh, they're crossing over Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. And um, so that I know. I didn't know that that was – is that what they're calling it, Elseworlds? Elseworlds, yeah. And you know it's so cool since you like – Yeah, I know about the crossover. Yeah, and you know since you like uh, the 90s Flash series, John Wesley Shipp is back wearing his 90s Flash outfit. I know, I saw a spoiler scene that made me sad. Yep, and um, there's another thing. <laughs> I know, and there was another thing they added on. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched the first episode of it. Um, they played the theme song to uh, Smallville. Really? Uh huh. I was so geeking out on that. I was like, yes, they're playing the theme song to Smallville. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I haven't had a chance to catch up because I've been busy. We just got back from Florida. Yeah. We're putting out fires here at home because that's wrestling when you come home from a weekend. But uh, we plan on watching that here real soon. Yeah, awesome. So um, what was your uh, memorable moment in your career and did you have any regrets? Memorable moment. You might have all seen it recently, actually. Uh, most memorable moment of my career... There's a video that's going viral right now, actually. Really? Do tell. Of me as the Hebrew Hammer having a match. And the caption on the video is, Wrestling doesn't always have to be serious. And it's got me using an air horn. And we do a little bit of some business exposing stuff, which I don't know why that's still a conversation anymore. Now that WWE puts out uh, Breaking Ground and tough enough and shit like that. I think we all know what 
wrestling is and what what parts are what for the most part. But uh, we had a match where we didn't insult the fans' intelligence. In fact, we decided to let them know how smart we really believe they were. And we had a teardown of a comedy match. Me and Greg Excellent. You can go to my page. It's on, it's on my Facebook page right now. I'm definitely going to have to well, check that. It's got well over 200,000 views, thousands upon thousands of shares. Um, one of the most viral videos going right now, wrestling-wise. It pops up once a year, but that was one of the most memorable moments because I had gotten my job for that match. To get that job, I had to have a successful match at the ECW arena. So to get to that match, it was like... I even had fun things to get there. But, yeah, I have one of the most controversial matches on the internet, and that was one of the most fun times, if not the most fun time of my career. Speaking since you did that match, what was it like to wrestle at the uh, 2300 Arena? Oh, my goodness. So I went to boarding school in Philadelphia when I was younger because I played lacrosse. So I was out in Philadelphia, and I had a dorm mate. Uh, my doormate was, well, you're allowed to check your, your doormates out and they can go home with you on the weekends and so forth. So I would go home and he was from Long Island, but he liked to go do ECW shows. And I had no clue what ECW even was. Uh-huh. He introduced me to ECW and took me to the shows. And to be there as a fan and then come back years later and wrestle in the arena. And there's a picture of me standing in front of all the banners of the retired wrestlers and Candido and all them. Uh-huh. Uh, it was surreal, man. So much history. So much history. So, did you feel the history flowing through you while you were in that ring? Uh, no, I was too busy taking a blizzard suplex off the top rope backwards. I uh, was pretty short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, that's cool. At least you got to wrestle at the 2300 Arena. Like you said, you were a that's fan. What it's all about. Man, definitely. Life is uh, just uh, some of all of our experiences, and that was one of the most beautiful ones. That's pretty awesome. So where can um, everybody find you on social media and your adventures? Um, well, God, we're all over social media, so we can start with The Bomb Shelter as a unit. You can find us on Facebook under The Bomb Shelter. Uh, obviously, there's a bunch of different bomb shelter things. Our logo with the gear and the gas mask, you can find it. That one's ours. You can go on Twitter. You can find us at Bomb Shelter 3000. You can also find us all individually on Twitter at Gears of Schwartz for myself. That's at Gears of Schwartz, at Rand West Wrestling, or at Hybrid Zodiac. Uh, is where you can find all three of us. And those are the same to find us all on Instagram. Otherwise, you can find us under our names, Joseph Shorts, Randy West, and it's Michael Joseph Zodiac, but it's in his Facebook name. You can add us on there as friends. We don't just have like pages. We have regular pages and we add fans all the time. That's pretty good as, as well. So do you guys also have a website for like your comic, your energy drink, your merchandise, and uh, soon your upcoming novel? Yeah, that's gonna, That's on all of our social media sites. We have sub pages and everything that you can find. And you can contact us directly. We ship out our merchandise and take care of everything and deal with the fans one-on-one. And we get everything out to you guys ourselves. Um, you, I mean, it's to say we... we don't just ship merchandise. Randy makes custom wrestling gear. 
Zodiac, Zodiac makes custom uh, wrestling masks for in-ring. So we're always shipping something. Hey, that's pretty awesome. And Joseph, it's always a pleasure uh, talking to you. And thank you for uh, taking your time out of your busy schedule to come on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was definitely fun. I definitely have to get Randy on next. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. I'll, I'll pick her brain. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> All right. Please do. <laughs> thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. Good night. Salutation. This is Dalton Castle. And you're listening to Hitting the Mark. Oh, I get it. It's a pun. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast, and my guest tonight is Orlando Christopher. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. So, what have you been up to lately? Uh, same old, same old. Wrestling every weekend and uh, just living the life. Hey, that's pretty good as well. Um, you're getting ready to uh, wrestle the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. Yeah, yeah. We're doing the... Uh We'll be in a four-way match for the Respect title for War Wrestling uh, in Huntington, Indiana this Saturday. That's going to be wild since Aaron's the Respect champion. Do you think you're going to um, take that gold home? I mean, I'd like to think so. Uh, I have a great amount of respect for Aaron as a uh, pro wrestler, so it'll be our first time ever being in the ring together, so it'll be fun. Oh, you're in for a treat. You're going to be uh, fighting and earning that uh, title if you get it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I finally saw you wrestle for the very first time at another war show. It was at the Hall of Fame show, and you were in a bloody, brutal match with uh, Cody Jones. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, that last man standing match. Um, from uh, it, was, it was pretty violent, uh, which is what I wanted. Um, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure how war would respond to uh, such violence, but it seemed to... Uh, Seem to go over pretty well, actually. So, yeah, you know, jumping off balconies and doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, it, was, it was a fun one. It was a good match. I was uh, I was happy with the performance in it. I, I technically lost, but I feel like people don't even remember that I lost. So, um, it was a good match, man. Oh, it kept me on the seat of my pants, man. I was like... I mean, that was one of the most intense, great matches i ever seen in an indie show, man. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I specialize in violence, so anytime I get a chance to be able to turn up the violent level, uh, I know I'm going to do good things. Besides that match, what was the most brutal, violent match you were in? And it also seems like you like to get bloody a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, that, that picture of me on my uh, profile on Facebook and I think it's on my Instagram and everything else, but... Uh, that picture's not my blood. That's Cody's blood. That's all over me. You know what I mean? It's just that I'm wearing all white, so I kind of got like that Andrew WK effect going. That's pretty... Uh, but yeah, that's not my blood. But uh, the most violent match I've been... I've been in like, quite a few. Um, some matches are more violent without necessarily having weapons involved, but um, I've been in a lot of really big kind of bloody brawls and things like that, and... It's hard to pinpoint just one. I think maybe I've been in a cage match or two that were pretty violent, and I've, I've been in a couple death match tournaments back in the day. So I've kind of been, you know, I've kind of been around and just kind of experienced a little bit of everything. And it's pretty good as well. And so, what did uh, Cody Jones think about that picture of you wearing his blood all over your clothes? I haven't seen it yet. I'm, 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 I'm,
haven't seen him, so I don't know what his opinion is. Uh, I imagine uh, he's not happy and happy with it. Cause, I mean, technically, again, he got the win, which is cool, good for him, but but I, I definitely think it's a reminder that I won the war. You know what I mean? He can take the battle. I, I won the war. Hey, that's pretty good as well. Um, let's talk about one of your uh, first matches with uh, another great wrestler in the ring, uh, Nate Matson. Oh, yeah, I love Nate. Um, Nate is uh, one of my better friends in all of wrestling. Um, I love Nate. have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's uh, kind of like the, in my opinion, like the benchmark of what a pro wrestler is supposed to be. Um, and Michigan, especially where I'm, you know, I'm from Detroit. Uh, Nate was like the guy when I started. Like he was like the guy in Michigan wrestling independent. And um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I look up to him. Uh, it's kind of been like a mentor to me over the years, and I've had a lot of matches with him over the years. Uh, I've recently just worked with him up in, or just had a match with him up in Toledo uh, for that Extreme Chaos promotion, and uh, I won. Which I, yeah, I can rub that in his face, but but I uh, I, uh, I love Nate. Um, Tremendous amount of respect for him. He is a pro's pro. That's pretty good as well. I've enjoyed watching him in the ring as well. And he was also, you know, at that show we were talking about earlier, he was inducted into the War Hall of Fame. Yes, he was. Uh, like I said, Nate, to me, is like the benchmark of what a pro wrestler should be. Um, he really is, man. He's been around, done everything with everybody. And um, I said it a long time ago. This is, you know, before he got all, he went all vegan and got all skinny, but when he was bigger he, I used to tell him all the time like dude go get a job like, he had all the opportunities and he probably could have got on TV and, I mean I know he's had a little bit you know with everybody but um, he just uh, I think he was more concerned with you know him and his wife and, and just being happy wrestling uh, and doing it on his kind of terms but he was uh, definitely in his prime as probably as good as anyone I've ever seen and um, I have a, just a tremendous amount of respect for Nate I love Nate Speaking of, you grew up out in the Detroit area as well. What got you into uh, the love of pro wrestling, and what decided you to get into the ring and train? And you trained over at Truth Martini School. Yeah, well, I trained with both Truth and American Kickboxer at the Rage Dojo. They kind of had like a combined thing going, but um, back then. Okay. But I, I've always been a fan of wrestling. I mean, that's all I've ever wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, I remember bringing like wrestling magazines to school and stuff when it wasn't cool. Remember in like ninety like yeah three ninety four and like wrestling wasn't hot. Like I was bringing like wrestling magazines to school and like kind of getting made fun of a little bit for it. You know, my friends kind of give me shit. You know, and then all of a sudden wrestling got real cool during the Attitude Era, and then everybody liked it. And I've always just it's always been uh, the one thing I've always wanted to do. So then when I was sixteen, I started training to be a pro wrestler. Um, I went to the House of Truth school because it was when I looked up the schools, that was the closest one. I also had only went to one indie event ever, and I met Truth there, and I was sold on going to school then. So I ended up going there, and then, like I said, Truth School had a thing with American Kickboxer and the Rage Dojo, so it was kind of like I trained under both of them. So it was real uh, interesting, and that was uh, 14 years ago. So I've been doing this a long time, and then I had the pleasure of, becoming like the assistant at the school for many years and got to help train a bunch of guys. Um, so it's been a real fun ride. That's pretty good as well. Um, you got into the ring with uh, Petey Williams. Yeah, I'm getting into the ring with him again here in a couple of weeks uh, for Clash Wrestling up here in Taylor, Michigan. 
Uh, but I have worked in uh, PE a few times, and a lot of those original, like, TNA X Division guys I've been in the ring with, like, a lot of them, like Sharkboy, Saban, Shelly, um, all those guys I, it seems like I've been in the ring with. So, and it's always fun, you know, because they move a little faster and they keep going, and you got to have your cardio up, keep up with those guys, so. So, since you got in the ring with all these, you know, great, uh, uh, TNA uh, superstars back in the day. What um, did you learn from them of each of them while you were in the ring? I mean, well, you kind of learn bits and pieces along the way. I don't know if I learned a ton. I, I know that when you, like I said, when you come in, certain guys they're going to try to outdo you, like as a performer. And so I know that I have to be on my A game and not kind of. They'll try to kind of uh, what's the word? Eat you up. They'll try to like eat you up and try to like kind of. Even if they're going to, um, you know, do the job and put you over, they kind of want to eat you up a little bit. So uh, I always try to make sure that they don't. And I always try to, you, and that's one of the things you learn, like you have to, you know, pick your fucking spots and really come back and be, don't be afraid to hit these guys and, and lay it in and, and take your take over, you know. So and that's something you learn as you've just been around wrestling. But definitely when a guy's on TV and they're coming to put over uh, a local guy, they don't always want to. So, um and this isn't specific to them. They they've all been cool. You know, I have individual cool stories with them, but but just in those moments, you have to know when to take over. Is what I'm saying. So since there's definitely a learning process in that too. Since you had some great stories from working with them, uh, tell me a little bit more about a story or working with uh, Alex Shelley. He's just great in the ring. Oh yeah, Shelley's great. Um, well, I'll tell you. So he came in a few times when I was training back in the day, and so I've known him for years. He's done some really cool things. Uh, for me, which I've appreciated. I uh, I was a nobody, and I was just trying to get on shows back in, you know, like 2006, 2007. And uh, there's a local promoter that had used a lot of the Impact guys, or TNA guys then. And um, so I went to the show, and they, they didn't even let us in the locker room, which is kind of like insulting. They made us, like, sit out in the crowd. And so me and uh, my buddy, we were sitting on the crowd, and we were, you know, we know everybody in the locker room, but we can't go in there because, you know, that's just the way the promoter wanted it. And so we're walking by at intermission, and uh, Saban and Shelly are selling their merch. And they have pretty decent-sized lines of people. And, you know, and I just remember them stopping uh, selling merch and calling me over just to say hello to me. And, uh, you know, just kind of put me over and made me feel like I wasn't nobody and something like that. So I've always remembered remember things like that you know and how you treat people when you're actually on tv that matters you know like when you actually have that power and uh, like if they didn't have to do that you know what i mean they could have just you know fuck that kid you know but they didn't they uh were really cool and uh, like i said called me over and kind of put me over on the spot so uh i always remember that moment and i just always think of, like what a cool thing for them to do that so i mean that it, that just goes to show you like you know these people are really good people outside the ring too and it's pretty good as well um you were also in the steel cage match with uh hakeem zane tell me a little bit about yeah. that uh me and uh zane have you know had our huge matches over the years um cage match is the one that people remember the most because you know i got pretty bloody and you know there's thumbtacks and things um involved but i think we had a, an even better match that led into the cage um which is really good. He's in Impact now as uh, part of the Desi Hit Squad. Um, and I, again, he's another guy I have respect for. Like, I've been up and down the road with. And uh, it's really cool seeing like, your friends on TV making it. 
I hope they give him more of an opportunity because uh, he's really talented, and the more of an opportunity he's going to get, the better, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I love, you know, again, I love working with him. Uh, we had a lot of bloody matches. He kicked me in the face numerous times, and you know, I always, you know, I always snug him, and you know, always kind of, you always got to be a friend a little more than regular guys. Oh, I bet as well. And then um, I watched a match with you with uh, Zane Silver at Outlawed. That was a good match. Yeah, yeah. Zane, uh, he's an interesting story. He uh, trained with me and then um, kind of got run off and was just kind of working like one show for a lot of years and didn't really do anything. So I never saw him. And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, all these years later, promotion popped back up and he started working again and I ran into him and next thing you know we're doing a little program feud and uh, uh, it, was, it was fun I got to work with him and uh, we had a really fun uh, snug stiff match and it was it was good when I was happy with it and of course I won because you know why wouldn't I <laughs> and, you know other than that uh, you know he's a good guy man and uh, it was fun working with him after all these years after training with him you know almost 15 years ago so it was fun to kind of have that Circle moment with him, and it's pretty good, man. You're cocky, I like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, you got to be a little bit you know, within reason, right? That's the nature of the beast, that's, that's our job. All right, yeah. and then, um, I saw uh, a match of you over at another great promotion over in Canada, which is run by the half baked kid, uh, Chris Chambers. Uh, super kicked wrestling. What was it like to get in the ring there, and what was the roster like in the locker room? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, just the, the general talent up in Canada, up in that Toronto area is, is amazing. Everybody's good. Everybody is good. Um, you know, you go to some of these shows in Ohio and Michigan, you think, oh, that guy's good. That guy's good. And you go to Toronto, everybody is good. Um, it's a different style of in-ring work in the sense that, uh, I don't know if your podcast is KP or not, but I'm just going to bring KP. Go ahead. Uh, but the There's a lot of great names that have uh, wrestled up there too, as you know, like Aaron Orion, Jack Price, uh, Jody Threat, Jake Something. A lot of great names. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're familiar with like a lot of the Ohio uh, or some of the war people. You got a lot of the names you just mentioned. Of course, Palmer Cruz is up there, and uh, 
and uh, big act and all them guys. So yeah, Super Future and I think who else is in the world that goes up there? But, but yeah, there's a lot of us. Um, like I said, I've been uh, I've been looking for since they started. So um, been on the ground floor, I and mean, I, I just love uh, what they created up there. It's a unique wrestling environment. Hey, that's pretty cool as well. Um, let's also um, talk about a friend of yours as well, uh, Amanda Wagner. Yeah, yeah, she's a good kid. She's a trainee. Um, I try to help her out, and uh, she, in return, drives me around sometimes. And you know, like helps me out my driving, and I kind of help her out and tune her up in the ring. So that way, she's gonna be ready to go when she finally steps in there. That's pretty good as well. Um, you recently uh, um, had a neck injury for a little bit before you got back into the ring again. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I took time off, and I, I actually almost didn't come back because I enjoyed my time away so much, um, which is kind of funny. But but I, I never had time off all these years. I was, you know, again, wrestling is different. The culture is different. But when I when I trained, it was like if you're hurt, you just keep wrestling. Like you just wrestle around whatever injuries you had. So I had injuries for years and years. I just, again, the the man mentality and the wrestling mentality was you just keep wrestling through it. Um, so I wrestled through everything for years. So I finally had this neck injury that just kind of wouldn't go away. And I, was, I was getting scared that my neck would be broken at any given night. Um, just felt so weak. Like, I can't describe to you the feeling of it. Uh, it wasn't like a one thing that happened. It was just kind of wear and tear over the years. And I, every match, I just felt like I, I would take like three or four days for me to be able to hold my head up again after every match. And so I thought for sure my neck was ready to snap. And so I took time off. I went to like PT and different things. And I came back and my neck's been pretty good so far. I had a couple little scares with it, but in general, it's been a lot better than it was. So, uh, you know, I just try to keep pushing forward. I do have like, uh, all kinds of bone spurs and uh, I had like extreme arthritis which is what the doctor told me extreme arthritis which is kind of funny uh, it said my neck is uh, looks like, like an 80 year old man so it doesn't you know my neck is real weak but uh, I do a lot of yoga and stuff and try to keep it strong these days so like DDP I yoga? Do, <laughs> I don't do DDP yoga but I do just regular yoga uh, <laughs> And that's pretty good as well. Um, I like your style of wrestling in the ring as well. When you um, f- um, after you were done training and started wrestling everywhere as well, did you know? Um, d- did you want to uh, straightly be a you know a death match wrestler, or were you mostly focused on being a regular wrestler? And then what led you to do more uh, death matches? Well, I don't really do a lot of death matches. I do a little bit of hardcore stuff. I, I kind of consider myself more like an RVD like ECW style uh-huh. but um, the way that developed was interesting because before I ever trained I used to do backyard wrestling way back in the day and uh, in backyard wrestling I, I always did kind of crazier spots and things and of course I didn't know what I was doing um, I didn't have any understanding of actual pro wrestling so when I went to a pro wrestling school and learned how to um, wrestle and work the right way for years, I just, I was really stuck in the mindset of, this is how a wrestler should. If you're in the first match, you give them an opening match, you're in the second match, you give them a second, the uh, second match, whatever. Like, I was very stuck in kind of like an old school mentality, and I kind of had to come full circle with, okay, what did I like as a fan? What did I want to be when I was a fan of this? 
and that's when I started kind of adding in more chairs and jumping off things and, and doing a little bit more of the crazier stuff. Um, my two favorite styles of wrestling are, like I said, like the RVD, Jerry Lynn, ECW style, and uh, like uh, Super Jacob in the 90s. So a little bit of technical wrestling, some holes, and then a couple chair spots, and there you go, you pretty much have my uh, style. But it took me a moment to, to be to have like this again another full circle moment where it was when I went from okay this is how I think of wrestling but I had to think of it as a fan and then make it work as a wrestler so I kind of did what I thought I would have enjoyed back then but I just make sense of the things now if that makes sense but I think you get what I mean yeah, I get what you're saying as well. And also outside the ring, you you enjoy a lot of other cool stuff as well. Um, you're big into music. So what type of music are you into and what was the first album you ever bought? Uh, well, I'm, I'm huge into music and comedy and different things. I've even dabbled in film and different things. But uh, music is probably my second biggest passion outside of wrestling. Like, I love music. I play music. I'm I can play guitar and piano and a few other things. And uh, if I wasn't wrestling, I'd be doing something with music. I'd be just as unsuccessful in the world of music as I would be in wrestling. Um, so I mean, my first album, I mean, I'm mostly now, I I mean, I listen to everything. Like, you know, like everybody says, you know, like they have an eclectic taste. I really do have an eclectic taste of music. Um, but I definitely would say my main focus is uh, like uh, metal or punk rock I definitely you know harder rock type of yeah but I, I definitely like a little bit of everything so nothing's like off limits like I listen to blues I can listen to jazz I can listen to classical I, I listen to Frank Sinatra and, and you know lounge scene and it just really depends on my mood um, if you ever in a car ride with me you'll know that I listen to the whole spectrum of music I have a tendency to listen to a lot of somber sad music for some reason which always tends to I think it makes me feel emotion, which I don't feel a lot, so I tend to draw into that. Um, but I just, I'm all over the place. Definitely a metal punk rock guy, for sure, uh, more than anything else. Since you play guitar and piano as well, were you ever in any bands? No, no, because I've been doing wrestling for um, so long, I never really had time to be in a band. I did, uh, at one point, performing on stage musically with uh, my buddy uh, they did this coffee shop thing in uh, this city I grew up in and we broke a Guinness World Record but they were doing a the world's longest concert I think the record has since been broken again but at the time they did a the Guinness Record it was like the world's longest concert and we signed up to do an hour up as a part of this concert and then we realized oh crap we don't have any music written so and we wrote like in an hour's worth of music in like a week and um, we performed it and unfortunately I had to sing which I'm not a good singer so I was like oh man <laughs> I was so nervous about singing I can play guitar but I'm like singing that's terrifying so uh, but I got up there and you know it was only like a little coffee shop but it was cool because then they put us on like the cover of the newspaper and it wasn't because we were good I always I was touched with this all the time but it was not because we were good uh, they put us on the cover simply because we were different because you know the coffee shop so a lot of people were just playing like acoustic guitar and and piano and it was very like kind of like you know low key and then we come up and we played you know some like dirty grunge punk rock music and so the guy in the newspaper loved us even though that was the only time we ever performed and we were not good again we were not good but uh the newspaper guy i think he loved us just because we were different 
And so we got like the front page of the newspaper. I think I have it somewhere in my uh, parents' house. Uh, like uh, me playing guitar and singing in the cover of the newspaper, which is pretty cool. Like that's the only time I performed. I got the cover of the newspaper. So, it's, you know, if I have any claim to fame with music, that one moment I broke a Guinness record, I got the cover of the newspaper, and that's it. And I've never played again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know some. Hey, that's pretty awesome as well. And, and um, also, you're into. <laughs> You're in the film as well. So, what are your uh, some of your favorite film genres you get into? Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely deep into the horror game. Like horror is my—I uh, don't know what it is. I've just always been drawn to horror. I think they have the most compelling stories for me. Um, I, again, I, I, I watch everything. I even watch, you know, I like—I I even like the old, like you know, black and white films. I watch a lot of uh, older stuff. But I. I definitely, if I had a big genre, it's horror. I, I go deep into the genre of horror. Like, I'm not like one of those fans who just knows the, the mainstream. I'm like way off into like the B horror films down here and, and these obscure ones and, and which ones were banned. And, you know, like, I, yeah, I'm definitely deep into the horror game. Oh, that's pretty awesome as well. Um, do you uh, do any like uh, horror conventions at all? Yeah, I do a couple. Um, I don't. Again, because of wrestling, I just yeah. don't have the time to go to a lot of things. But but I have been to like ZombieCon and uh, different things, and you know I, I always try to go and check them out. And just uh, I, I'm not like a, I don't because of wrestling, I'm kind of like uh, desensitized to meeting celebrities. So like meeting celebrities doesn't mean anything to me. But I kind of go just for the experience of going. Um, same thing with like like haunted houses and things. Like I go to those every year. Like every year I go to haunted houses. Um, they don't scare me at all. I never even remotely jump, but I just love the experience of being there. You know, I love the way they you know, decorate the scary houses and, and you get to walk through it. And, you know, I like, it's just for me, I don't know what it is, what the appeal is, but I, I definitely, that's what I've been drawn to since I was a kid. I blame my mom. My mom let me watch everything. She didn't filter it at all. So uh, it's a good thing when you have, you know, I come from a big family. I got a bunch of brothers and stuff. I'm a middle child, so... Um, speaking of um, your character as well in the ring, have you ever thought of adding a little bit of uh, a horror personality towards your uh, character? Uh, I wouldn't say horror for me because I, I think when I think horror, you got to kind of, if you're into like a horror game, especially in the 80s, uh, I feel like they're hard to get across unless you're like a really uh, yeah. big, scary looking dude, right? Because I'm not like an intimidating looking guy, uh, but I think there's definitely times where I thought like my character can be darker. In the sense of like we we can do it in a, a, a deeper, darker way, um, but not necessarily horror. You know, not necessarily yeah. scary. I don't think that would work for me because I don't think I would scare people. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. I'm um, speaking since you uh, said you were in the business for 14 years as well. Um, what was the most memorable moment? Of your career, I know you probably have several. What was the most memorable that always still sticks with you? And did you ever have any regrets? Well, I mean, I have a, we'll get to the second question uh, first. So okay. we'll start negative and work our way to the positive. Uh, in terms of regrets, I have a bunch. Um, uh, the biggest regret I have is starting so young. Um, some people think it was a good thing because they're like, oh, you know, you're, you're still so young even now and all these things that. 
they don't realize that I'm this old, brittle, eighty-year-old neck man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just started in his thirties, and yet I, you know, I have this bad neck and stuff already. So, it, 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 I definitely related till I was about twenty-five. I would have had my life together. I would have had a college uh, degree and all these things instead of kind of work my way backwards to start cold wrestling and skipping school to go to shows and stuff when I was a teenager. And so um, basically kind of live life backwards. And then I have, I've had to go and like go out of my way to get a GED and go out of my way to go finally get a college degree and all these things. But I did it all backwards. So I would much rather um, go back if I could, if, you know, there's a time machine and uh, go back to school. And I was a good amateur wrestler. Like you know, high school wrestler, um, I probably would have got a scholarship. I would have went to college, and I probably would be more viable. Uh, you know, like in terms of identity or somebody looking at me because I had like a collegiate amateur wrestling background. They would probably look at you, look at you a lot more. Um, whereas I didn't realize that at the time. At the time, I was very naive, sixteen year old. You know, and I thought, well, I'll just do wrestling now, and I'll have a heads up on everybody, which was a really dumb idea. And I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was making a good decision but clearly um i did not make a good decision so i, I definitely in terms of regret um i regret that i regret starting so early i definitely have to wait till about 25 um uh to, to answer your other question uh the best moments i've had in the ring you said there have been a few but the one that i always uh remember most fondly it was actually a match with nate matt um they did a show in my hometown of uh, Hazel Park, Michigan, this little white panel, white trash suburb of Detroit. Yeah. From. And uh, they did this show in Hazel Park, and it was me and Nate. And we weren't going to be the main event, but my family and everybody decided to come. So they decided to make us the main event because obviously we're the ones selling the tickets. So my family and friends had never seen me wrestle before. And so everybody came and I felt like Hulk Hogan walking to the ring, like everybody just surrounded me, and you know, like it was incredible, like that Hulkamania moment. Yeah. And I had I had a fantastic match with Nate, which to this day, um, this is like 2007, 2008 or something. I don't know when this is, uh, but this is probably the best match me and Nate ever had, and it was all these years ago. And um, in front of my family and friends, so they got to see. Um, and again, I won, so just rub that in Nate's face too. But but um. <laughs> But just in general, like, it's just a, a good moment to see, like, to be validated by my family friends, to see, like, oh, this is what he does, and he's good at this. Yeah, we- so it was um, that moment of validation, to me, was as big of, it might not have been, like, the biggest show I've ever been on or anything like that, or biggest, you know, title win or anything like that, but, but it, to me, like, that's the most I've ever felt validated as a performer. So I, I to me, when I think of my favorite moment in the ring and it's pretty awesome as well and um, so your family was very supportive as well so what was it like for your family uh, seeing their uh, son in the ring for the first time how were they feeling well I just to contradict I don't think they were supportive at all in fact I think I think it was regularly uh, said to me you know like oh you'll never make it you'll never do this um, and all these things so I it was, it was not supported, but that's what I mean. Then they come see me finally, and they see me in that match. And then they, it was like the switch turned, like the light bulb went off. Like, okay, I get it now. Like, I, I get that this is what he does. And so that's what I mean when I say that moment of validation. Yeah. was because cause there was so much non-support 
you know, and then to actually see me, then they're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean, that moment of validation to me. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's why that moment was important to me. Oh, that's pretty good as well. Um, so where can um, everybody uh, find you on social media so they know what where Orlando Christopher's going to be? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, at Kid uh, Hybrid, uh, which is my old work name. They want me updated, and I don't feel like it's starting over, so you got to stick with that. Um, on Instagram, at Orlando underscore Christopher underscore, and then on Facebook, if you just search Orlando Christopher, there's both a regular page. I still have a few little hot left that you can add me, or I have a fan page, which has like 8,000 people on there. You can go ahead and click off on that. Um, and that's, I think, it in social media. I don't think I do any of the other ones. I think there's an old YouTube account or something that occasionally I might get upload or something like that. I don't do it following. But all that. Just stick to the Facebook, Twitter, and uh, the Instagram. Twitter, I'm not so great on. Instagram, I'm okay. I'm better on Facebook than the other, other ones. Hey, thank God you're not doing Snapchat, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not on there, but I, I don't. If you ever see me post the same things I post on all the, all the platforms, so if you follow me on one, you pretty much follow me on all of them. Oh yeah, in that name, in that name on your Twitter, uh, Kid Hybrid, um, is there a story to that? Yeah, yeah. I, well, <laughs> when I was a backyard wrestler, backyard wrestler, I used to wrestle as Chris Hybrid. Uh huh. I became pro wrestler. I started as Chris Hybrid, so I kept my back name. And then after a while, Nate again, we're bringing Nate a lot of the same they uh, kind of turned me into the zebra kid too. <laughs> so the guy named the zebra kid who used to work in like Ohio and stuff, and he wanted me to be the zebra kid because you know, I was young or something. Yeah. So somehow the zebra kid just got turned into kid hybrid, and uh, I had hybrid for years. And I, and I actually like the name kid hybrid better than Orlando Christopher. I think it's a much more memorable name. The problem is when you hear the name kid hybrid, is you just think of an opening act. Um. Like you, when you hear that name, it, you don't think that's the main event. Um, it sounds like an opener, get hybrid, you know? And then um, the other problems, too, obviously, I'm not a kid anymore. I was growing up, I was having a kid myself, you know, a father. Yeah. I was like, I don't want I don't want to be called kid. You know, when I have a kid, you know, like, it, you know, everywhere I go, hey, kid. It's like, well, I'm not a kid. I've probably been wrestling longer than you, you know? Like, don't call me kid, you know? That's pretty good as well. So when you went from a kid hybrid um, to uh, um, how'd you uh, decide to go to Orlando Christopher? Well, when I was younger and uh, slightly better looking, (laughs) people used to think I looked like that Orlando Bloom guy all the time. Uh huh. Uh, Like that was like my celebrity doppelganger. (laughs) Kind of like the name Orlando. Uh, Like, oh, Orlando's kind of a cool name. Nobody calls himself Orlando. Uh, and then uh, I just kept Christopher, you know. Uh, so there it is. Just basically, because I used to look like her. Again, uh, yeah, I'm like the white trash like version of Orlando Bloom. And then Christopher. There you go. That's pretty good. And uh, thank you so much for taking your time out of your uh, busy wrestling schedule to come on to the show tonight. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. It was fun as well. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. And you can listen to my podcast, Wrestle Popcast, at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, PodcastCity.net, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. You can follow me at Twitter at WPopcast1 and on Facebook at Wrestle Popcast. Everybody have a great evening. Good night. Yeah.